common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Again, thanks for climbing aboard today. You can find the podcast all over Spotify. You can find it right there in Apple Podcasts. Of course, right there on the front page of the WDBO app in WDBO.com. And I invite you to join me every single weekday morning for Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. And be sure to stream us right there in the WDBO app. Okay, let's go ahead and chat with U.S. Congressman Mike Waltz today on the podcast. Mike represents Florida's 6th Congressional District there in Washington, D.C. He also chairs the House Armed Services Committee Subcommittee on Readiness. And the first question I pose to Congressman Waltz is about how we are seeing now a concerted effort from members of the media and the Democrat Party to try to villainize former President Donald Trump yet again, this time predicting that he would become a dictator if he is reelected to the White House. Here's that chat with Congressman Mike Waltz now. What are your thoughts about this, uh, this dictator onslaught we are seeing right now from the left again about Trump? Yeah, I think that um, the the New York Times poll in particular, I mean, look, President Trump has uh, been not just barely, but several points ahead of Biden in the last seven, eight national polls. But the New York Times poll that had him ahead in five out of six swing states, I think really uh, has the left and the media now uh, unhinged, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, it is... Uh, uh, I mean, that whole spate of articles, the, the tsunami from the Atlantic where they dedicated an entire issue uh, was, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to make of it <laughs> I, except unhinged. Uh, you know, I mean, it, and how rich when uh, President Trump is the one having his home raided mm-hmm. in Mar-a-Lago when Biden's under the same charge. When uh, I just saw an uh, an older clip from Letitia James, the attorney general from New York, who was pledging in her campaign uh, that she was going to take Trump down. So I guess she just, you know, looked around hard enough to find some facts to fit a crime. I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, It's pretty incredible. It's pretty rich coming uh, from the left, giving what they're doing to him right now. That's a great word, rich. Even President Biden got into the act yesterday saying running against Trump is the only reason why he's running again, as if he's going to save the country from tyranny and this dictator known as Donald Trump. It's almost comical at this point. Meanwhile, I've lost track on how many you, you probably know I've lost track on how many attacks that American military bases and American service people have taken from these Iranian proxies in the Middle East, especially since the war began between Hamas and Israel. What what is your take, Congressman, on all the attacks we have seen in the Middle East on Americans here lately? 156. And yes, I absolutely am counting because eventually one of those drones, one of those rockets, or one of the sophisticated uh, offshore anti-ship missiles uh, are going to get through. And I don't know what it's going to take uh, for the Biden administration to effectively respond. Uh, my fear, and I don't even like saying this out loud, but 
you know, my fear is it's going to take the loss of life of American soldier or, you know, some kind of catastrophic attack on one of our ships for them to do what they need to do, uh, which was exactly what President Trump did, take out something Iran cares about. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, starting World War III or some type of invasion. It could be through cyber. It could be one of their offshore oil rigs. Uh, it could be a number of things. But Iran, people have to understand, Iran will trade the lives of its proxies in Iraq or the Houthis in Yemen or what have you uh, for American or Israeli lives all day long. That's a good regime for the, uh, good trade for the regime. It doesn't cost them anything and only gains them kind of wasta and standing in the Middle East to look at them taking on the Americans uh, and and this feckless response of bombing a, a warehouse in the middle of the desert uh, is only inviting more escalation. That's what's so frustrating and ironic here is the administration uh, is openly saying, uh, which sounds, I think, you know, probably normal to most people, well, we don't want to escalate the war, we don't want to expand, but in Iran's mind, in the mind of these dictators, when they smell weakness, when they see opportunity, they're actually going to escalate further. It's kind of the schoolyard bully. The more you keep giving them their, your lunch money, the more they keep getting away with it, the more kids they're going to go bully. Uh, so it, it's not until you punch them in the nose and there's ways to do it, as again, as President Trump did, where they had a precision strike that took out a key commander in Iraq, uh, not Iran itself. That And then it all stopped. That's how you restore uh, deterrence and restore the peace. But that is not what we're seeing out of this administration, and I'm afraid eventually it's going to cost lives. And it begs the question, why isn't the Biden administration striking back here? I mean, we, we saw it with the Obama administration. Yep. We're seeing it now with Biden, the constant appeasement of the Iranians when we know right. we know that Iran and their proxies, they're behind much of this nonsense going on over there. So it's the $1 million question, I guess. Why aren't we striking back? I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of deterrence and how it works. And sometimes you have to escalate a bit in order to de-escalate strategically. And remember, Biden's surrounded by the same team that was around Obama. And there are a bunch of academics uh, with very little experience actually on the ground facing these, uh, you know, facing these bastards in the Middle East. That's one. But two, I do believe there is also this fantasy uh, that they can reenter the Iran deal. There's still this hope against hope. Uh, and, and let's not rattle the Iranians cage too much so that we can get back to, you know, our talks in Switzerland and Vienna uh, and where they were just getting taken advantage of there as well, because at the end of the day, what Iran is all about, and this is what I keep saying over and over again when it comes to Israel and Gaza, as long as Iran is flush with cash, you're going to be mowing the grass in Gaza. It's going to go back. The terrorism is going to come back uh, because the terrorists haven't changed their minds. And as long as the Iranian backers have the arms and the resources and the money and the missiles, uh, then um, this is we're going to continue. Whether Israel Israel is successful this year, it's going to it's going to come back in the years to come. And we're responsible for Iran being flush with cash. Meanwhile, I want to get your thoughts about the war in the Middle East. 
we had that seven-day ceasefire. The combat continues mm. now. It would seem to me, Congressman, that this administration is trying to kind of hold one hand behind Israel's back and trying to eliminate these Hamas terrorists and appease the, the, the far left wing of their party. What, what's your take on the war? And just to that one more point, Republicans in the House, we are passing legislation that would shut off the $6 billion that the administration uh, provided for Iran, for the hostages, that would shut down the oil money, that would sanction the ports, the shipping, the banks that are all participating. So we're doing what we can to put it into law so that Biden can appease. And in Gaza, uh, yeah, I was just with the Secretary of Defense uh, at a big forum at the Reagan Library. Uh, and he seems like they're pressuring and lecturing Israel. Uh, they didn't. He didn't even mention in his speech uh, Iran or continuing to call out Hamas that is using its own people, that's sacrificing its own people uh, as human shields uh, to win this war. It's pretty incredible. I've operated with the IDF. They follow the rules of warfare and international agreements in the Geneva Convention. But of course, when your enemy is using human shields, they're doing everything they can. They even put themselves in greater risk uh, to go into buildings, to clear those buildings hand to hand, room to room, rather than just bomb it. But at the end of the day, they have to do what they have to do. We need to be calling out Hamas for its war crimes and mm -hmm. using human shields, not the other way around. Exactly. And on October 7th, you had Israelis murdered, women murdered, raped, and now we're just hearing from groups like the U.N. and Planned Parenthood, other feminist groups condemning the atrocities. It, it took them a couple of months. What took them so long, Congressman? Well, as you as you said in the administration, it's, a, it's about appeasing uh, the activist progressive left. Those loud voices that are out there on college campuses uh, in, in these pro-Hamas uh, uh, protest. And so these groups are beholden to the left. They're showing their true colors, but it's also about Israel too. And I think, and I hate saying this, but mm -hmm. there is a strong strand of anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Case in point, yeah. if it had been a Russian hospital that was bombed uh, and Putin was saying it was bombed, the media would have paused, these groups would have paused, the UN would have paused and said, wait a minute, Putin lies all the time, what's so good to it? But when Hamas says it's a, a, a hospital that's bombed, <laughs> they immediately run with it. They don't question because it has to do with Israel. And I think a lot of people from college campuses to the UN to the media are showing their underlying distrust, distaste, and, and perhaps even anti-Semitism when it comes to uh, Israel. Much appreciation to Congressman Mike Waltz for coming on the Inez Says podcast today. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Join me on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.